0: So when I was uh when I was in college I became a Christian, uh, I put my trust in Jesus and as a part of that uh while I was at college I was looking for some other Christian people. I didn't have any Christian friends. Um and so uh, my mentor at the time, he agreed to come up to the University of Georgia, up in Athens and uh try to try out some campus ministries with me so that I could make some friends. And so um, not that I was shy, but it's intimidating, as any of you know, that have ever like shown up into a new place, especially a church setting. Um, and if you were like me, I had not been in a church setting in in, in a while. and so uh, And so it was intimidating. And so he was there to like... Go fly, little bird. You know what I mean. Like it was like, go, go get him. And so he would he'd would come up there and, and kind of you know encourage me. And then he'd stand in the back. And um, and so there was one time in particular that uh, I went to a, a large campus ministry um, at the time in Athens. And, um, and, and we were there and everybody was super nice. And, you know, people, oh my gosh, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. You know, like it was, it was nice. And they give you a little name tag. And, and so it was, it was great. And, and then, yeah, I saw some kids that were in some of my class classes. And uh, so I sat with them and, and then I'm in there and, and somebody gets up and does a welcome, you know, and they're welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And, um, and then they were like, we're gonna go into a time of worship. And I was like, ah. like, I didn't totally like, I was like, okay, what? And then they went into what I would say and what some of you have experienced, like a, like a Christian rock concert. You know what I mean? Like they went into it and uh, and I'll be honest, I didn't know what to do, right? Like I was like, What's happening? What, I, like, what, what are we doing? And they were singing and the people seemed to be really into it. Like people in the room, they seemed to be pretty into it. Uh, there was a lot of eyes closed. There was a lot of hand raising. Uh, some people were like really into it and they had to get like extra space. You know what I mean? Like, so they had like a few rows like back. Like, so they had like a, I don't know what this was like a, like a dance zone. You know what I mean? Like it was down front and, uh, and, and so they were kind of just like doing their thing. And so I was just, and for me, I was, I was like, I don't know what's happening. And so I was watching and I'm observing and I'm just kind of watching, you know, some people are really getting into it and they're, they're feeling connected to the, to what was happening. And I was watching this one guy down front and he was really loving it. You guys like he had this, like uh, this thing going on. It was like, it was almost like uh Brazilian capoeira. You know what I mean? Like it was like, I mean, he was, he was really going. And I was like, oh my guy, like down front. Um, and uh, he didn't have any shoes on. And I was like, man, that guy is interesting. And so, um, so I was watching like him do his thing and, and, uh, and there was a girl that was like down front and she was like kind of near him and, and she's got her eyes closed and she's like having a moment and, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching and I'm like, man, that guy's getting kind of close to that girl. And, uh, and he's really getting into it and she, her eyes are closed. <laughs> And I'm just watching, right? Like, I'm like, you know, I'm like in the middle. I was like, I'm not getting down near the front. That seems like dangerous, but I don't want to be all the way in the back. And so I was like, all right, I'm kind of in the middle and I'm watching. And I was like, I was like, man, this something's about to go down. And uh, and sure enough, old boy uh, was doing this. And he... He gave, you know what I mean? Like, and he got, you know, like he got her in the throat, y'all. And you know the moment, right? Like, you know the moment where like, like you accidentally, like, like maybe you're at like a restaurant and it's like you and the person you came with and then them and the other person that they brought, but like your feet touch under the table. You thought it was like the the thing, like the little leg of the table, but it was their leg and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Like, and you immediately retract your leg because you didn't want them to think you were like, hey, 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 you know, like, and so you're like, like that feels weird. You know what I mean? Or like if you've ever been walking, you know, and like you're both walking and you're walking next to somebody and your hands accidentally touch and you're like, oh, oh no, you know, like it's that weird, like you retract immediately or maybe it's happened to you. Like, uh, like it just happened to me. Uh, Brooklyn touched my head just now during worship. She was and I was like, okay. And you know, like, and so that's like literally like what like, like happened. This guy, he hit karate chop. She, and then he hop stepped and just played it off y'all. He played it off the girl. She, you know, and she looks and he's a statue. And I saw the whole thing. Yeah. I was like, yo. And then I noticed that that guy did not tell her afterwards either. And I said, he is not a real Christian. You know what I mean? i was like, you are a dancer and you are not a Christian. So uh, I say that, right, to say, um, man, when I left that night, there was a couple things going on in my mind. One, I was like, Christians are kind of weird, if I'm just being honest. When I left, I was like, it's kind of strange. And the reason why I thought that is there are things that we do uh, as Christians, and and those of you that aren't Christians and you're you're watching this or you're listening to this or you're here today, um, you've probably felt this before. There are things that Christians do that we do it and we don't always explain it or we don't always explain it well, and we just expect everyone to kind of pick up on it which was what was happening in the room. It was like, hey, we're gonna worship. And it was like, everybody knew what that meant. And I was kind of left feeling a little bit confused right there are things that we do sometimes that without explanation or context can seem a little bit strange and so you know singing is one of those right like uh, another one might be baptism right like like it's interesting you know if you've been around church you understand like what that is and maybe you've heard someone explain it to but if you're new and you showed up for the first time just imagine this one person a grown person takes another grown person and holds them underwater for a minute and then when they come up out of the water they're like and now they're on the team. And you're like, what? Right? Like it's, it's strange. It can feel like odd. You're like, what? I don't understand what just happened. Right. And so I can remember leaving that day going, man, Christians are kind of weird. And I don't know what totally was going on. Now I also was thinking though, and I'll just be honest with you. Like I was leaving feeling that Christians were weird, but I also left curious and kind of intrigued. Because what I saw in that room that day was a group of people that loved God more than I had loved anything in my whole life. And it still gets me emotional today. And that has been 17 years, y'all. I can remember leaving that day and going like, I don't know that I totally understood what was going on, but they, they were like about it. And it, was, it made me curious and so their authenticity and the fact that they like were really into this, like it made me at least want to come back. So I did. I kept going back and checking it out. And, uh, and then the last thing, though, that I was thinking is I really want to know what's the deal with the music. Like, why is it, you know, in that setting, it was kind of a rock concert, but growing up, I'd grown up in some more traditional church settings. I'd grown up and we went to a Catholic church and then we went to a Methodist church and there was always a choir or some kind of singing in the service. And I remember leaving that day and going, it was different, but it was kind of still the same because there's music, a part of the service. And I I left that day thinking like, what's the deal with the music? because I liked the guy that spoke that day and I thought he was pretty good and the people seemed nice, but like, why is there always music in every time these Christian people get together? Like, what's the deal? Is it just like entertainment? Is it time filler? Or are they like, we said, we would watch their kids for an hour. You know what I mean? Like, is that what it is? Like, what's the deal with the music? Like, like what, what's, I, I don't understand. And maybe some of you have felt that way before. Some of you I know I recognize. Some of you that's the reason why you come. You come for the music. Um, you tolerate the sermons, right? You're like, oh, sing again. You know what I mean? Like, and so I recognize that's for some of you. You love the music. For some of you, you go with it, and honestly, you've never even thought about it. You're just like, I don't know. It's just what you do at church. You sing some songs, you know, like, and it's the way you grew up. It's it's what your parents did. It's what it's what you do, and and your kids like this place, and so you're like, this is what we do, right? And so for some of you haven't really ever thought about why, you just kind of do it. You go through the motions and then still there are others of you though, and you feel like me and you're like, all right, I would love an explanation because this doesn't make sense. And until I understand why, I'm going to keep showing up just right after the music ends. You know what I mean? Like, and, and because you're like, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why are we, what's the deal with the corporate singing? And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about this, among some other things. We're also going to talk about communion. We're going to talk about baptism. We're going to talk about some things that Christians do. But for today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk just for a moment uh, about why singing is a part of our gatherings. Why do we sing together in church? Why is that something that we do? Why is it something that's been done uh, for thousands of years, when Christian people get together, why is this a part of our gathering? Now, um, before we get into the, the text that we're gonna look at and make some observations this morning, um, I, I did wanna point something out when it comes to singing. A lot of times you will hear people like me or worship leaders get up and when they talk about the singing part in the service, they'll say, hey, join us in worship, which is is accurate but it's not full, Um, it's not a full picture, right? And, And I'll explain what I mean, is that singing is a way that we worship, but worship is more than singing. And so, and so when, when the worship leader says, hey, join us in worship, like, yes, singing is a way that we worship, but worship is more than singing. As a matter of fact, worship, um, when, you, when you study the scriptures and honestly, when you just study culture, right, like, like worship is our response to whatever we value most. That's what worship is. Worship is your response to whatever you or whoever you value most. Whoever or whatever you value most, whatever you do towards that person or thing, however you show your emotion and your devotion for that person or that thing, right? Like that is worship. And so worship is not necessarily a religious thing. You don't have to sing in church to be a worshiper. As a matter of fact, we're all worshipers because we all have something in our life or someone that we value most. And there are things that we do to show our devotion and that's called worship, right? And so for some of you in the room, like the thing that matters most to you is is a career. For some of you, it's your kids. For some of you, it's a sports team. You know what I mean? Like for some of you, it's a, it's a sports team. For some of you, it's your kid's sports team. And that's what matters most and you orient your entire lives around it. And biblically speaking, that would be called worship. Worship is your response to whatever we value most. It's a lifestyle, right? And so yes, singing is a part of it, but, but that's not the full picture. It just so happens, the reason why the, the two so often get linked, right, in church is because it just so happens that singing is one of the most popular and powerful ways that we express worship, right? It, it, the reality is, is that we human beings, right, we, we tend to make music and song about the things that we love most, and so worship is a powerful, or singing is a powerful way for us to show emotion and devotion to that which we value most. And so that's why the two often get connected worship and singing, and um, and as a matter of fact, uh, when it comes to spiritual practices, meaning those things, not which get God to love us more, but the things that we do to help us to love God more, that's a spiritual practice. Uh, of all the spiritual practices in the Bible that are talked about in both Old and New Testament, uh, one of the most popular uh, and one of the most uh, commanded and, and invited practices is that of singing. The first is actually prayer. The first most common spiritual practice that you see over and over again in Scripture uh, to grow in your relationship with God uh, that's encouraged and instructed is prayer. But second, right, this might surprise some of you, the second most popular um, and prevalent practice that you see in the Scripture that's commanded and instructed in the Scriptures is singing, followed closely by service. But uh, singing is actually mentioned over 400 times in the Scriptures us to sing, both personally and corporately, um, we're told to sing to and about God over 400 times. And over 50 times, it's actually commanded, instructed. Like it's not just an example, it's actually told, hey, sing. And so you see it commanded over 50 times. And in the Old Testament, you see in the Psalms, right, which is right there in the middle of your Bible, um, these are spiritual songs. And and in the Psalms, you see uh, King David and other writers, they write songs and they instruct us to sing songs. And and so you see it again and again and again in the gospels. You see people that are close to Jesus, uh, they actually write their own songs and sing them to God at significant moments in their life when they want to express gratitude and grief. And then later... After, after Jesus died and resurrected, uh, there was this guy named Paul who stepped on the scene and he became one of the most famous Christian missionaries. He went all over the place sharing the message of Jesus. And as he traveled and shared the message of Jesus, he planted churches and he gave them instructions on what they ought to do in their gatherings when they would come together, How they were supposed, uh, what those were supposed to look like. And often he would say, hey, as a part of your gatherings, when you come together, I want there to be an element. Of song. I want there to be some music. You should sing together when you get together. And I'll show you one of those examples. This is in uh, the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians, uh, just to give you a little context, in Ephesians, Paul writes in, in the first three chapters, he explains what Jesus has done, namely that that God sent Jesus to live the, the life that none of us could live, to die a death, um, to pay for our sin, which breaks relationship with God. And then Jesus rose to give us new and better life uh, by grace, through faith in him. That's the message of the gospel. And Paul takes three chapters to talk about that to the Ephesians. And then at chapter four, so we see in chapter four, five, and six, it's a short little letter. In four, five, and six, he begins to talk about how do we live in response to that love? And so he talks about how we're supposed to walk this out, how it should affect our lives, and how it should affect our gatherings. And this is what he says about singing and our gatherings and, and what this looks like. This is what he says. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, He says, instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. He says, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's writing and he's talking about what our gatherings ought to look like, what we should do when we know we've been loved by God. How do we live in response to that love and what should happen when we get together with one another? And he says, he says first, he says, don't get drunk on wine. And I'll just let some of the air out of the room. Like, I'm not coming after alcohol, right? Like, like, like I'm just saying, this is, this is what, The apostle Paul says, he says, don't get drunk on wine. He's not saying that God's against alcohol, but he is saying that God is against the abuse and the excess of it. He is saying that God is against the abuse and the excess consumption of it. And the reason why is because he knows what it does to you and he knows what it does to us. He says, it leads to debauchery. He goes, it leads to us doing and saying things that we later uh, have to apologize for. It leads to us doing and saying things whereby which we end up with guilt, shame, and regret, whether in our own lives or in the lives of others. It leads to us hurting other people in our lives. And many of you have experienced people in your life participating in this, the excess or the abuse of, which led to a lot of hurt and a lot of damage in your life or in your family. And so Paul says, Hey, like this is not how we find joy and this is not how we deal with our problems. But you'll be tempted to. And this is the way the world oftentimes teaches us to try to find joy and deal with our problems. He says, but that's not for us. And so again, God's not against alcohol, but he is against the excess and the abuse because it leads to bad things in our relationships and in our lives personally. And so he says, if you're looking for joy and if you're looking for a way to deal with your problems, and then he contrasts this, he says, instead of getting drunk, he says, instead, what I want you to do is I want you, when you get together, I want you to sing. I want you to speak to one another and sing songs, psalms, hymns, songs from the spirit, sing and make music from your heart for the Lord. And I know it's odd at first when you see that pairing, you're like, what is drinking and singing? How do the two of those have anything related? But listen, as I just said, when it comes to drinking, right? Like oftentimes it's a way that we seek to find joy or to deal with our problems, And Paul says, there's a better way to find joy and deal with your problems. You see, because when you drink and you try to find joy and deal with your problems, you're actually drinking to forget your problems and and hoping that they'll be gone, right? But they don't, you know that. You wake up the next day and your problems are still there and you've got a headache, right? And And so what Paul says is there's a better way than drinking to forget your problems in order to try to find joy. He says, instead, you can sing, and when you sing to the Lord, instead of trying to forget your problems and numb your pain, he says, instead, when you sing to the Lord, you are facing your problems and you are facing them with the truth of who God is. And so he says, hey, instead of, instead of hiding from your problems, instead of trying to escape and forget, he says, instead, those of us that understand who God is and what he's done for us, instead, what we do is we face our problems. And in facing our problems and speaking truth to our problems, we find joy. And so there's a better way to find joy and to deal with issues. And Paul says, it's not drunkenness. He says, instead, it's singing. And so he says, so when you get together, you should sing together. Sing, face your problems head on, and it won't make them go away, but it'll help you see them in proper perspective. And so he says, when you get together, you ought to to sing these songs together and you ought to make music. And in so doing, you, you face whatever life's throwing at you and you find joy in it through this perspective. Paul's teaching them and us, hey, when you sing these songs in response to who God is, when you sing to and about God together, right? It affects, it actually shapes your life and your faith, has an impact. I wanna talk to you about three powerful things that music and song actually do to impact our faith and our lives. And I'll I'll be quick running through these, but there's three things as I thought about this all week, and I wanted to talk to us about this, three things Paul says. First, music and song, it it stirs our affections, it moves our emotions. Right? You guys know this, right? Like, like, like you know, that's the reason why um, you drive a little bit faster when your favorite pump up song comes on, right? Like, you didn't even realize it. You're like, and then it was like, you know what I mean, like. In, and so, like, like, it's the reason why when you play your favorite pump up song, right? Not only do you drive, like, you might pedal a little bit faster in your spin class. Come on, ladies. You know what I mean? Like, you might run a little bit faster. Like, when you're, if you're on a run or you're on a workout and your favorite song comes on and it begins to lift your spirits, right? It moves you, right? It's the reason why in this season, the Christmas season, which apparently started on October 31st or whatever, like it's the reason why during this season, right, none of you can get through the Christmas shoes song because, oh God, you know what I mean? Like, and because, because it moves you emotionally, right? Like music, there's something so powerful about a song and about music that just moves us emotionally, right? Where we feel something and the same is true spiritually. Same is true spiritually, when we, when we sing and when we incorporate music into our faith, it helps us to feel something in our faith. It moves us emotionally. I love it. Uh, uh, our, our director of groups, Libby Hempen, um, she's amazing. And she looks at my notes a lot of times and sends me feedback and tells me um, what I should say. And, um, and, and she, she, mentioned, uh, she mentioned this week in regards to music, she was like, hey, when, you know, something that, that I found is that when it comes to music, like there's something about a song that has this ability to meet you where you're at and move you closer to God. There's something about singing a song that it just, it meets you where you're at and then moves you closer to God, right? And and so that's why in the Psalms, you see songs of lament and songs of ascent. You see music for your low and music for your highs, you know what I mean? Like uh, there's there's a song that's built to meet you where you're at and then move you closer to God. To God, that's what music and song does. It it stirs our emotions and helps us to feel something, which is really, really good, you guys, because I don't know about you, but just for me, if I can just be honest with you, I don't always feel it. There are many Sundays, and I know, if if y'all need you a pastor that just wakes up and his mercies are new every morning, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just gotta be honest with you. There are days where I wake up and I don't feel it. And I don't feel him. And I know before anybody quotes it at me and sends me an email, faith is more than a failing read. I know. I know. I understand. Listen, I get that. I understand that. Faith is more than feeling. Faith is more than feeling. But let me just tell you something. While feelings aren't everything, they are something. And if you never feel anything in your faith, I can just, I'm just telling you, it can be frustrating and it can be discouraging. Things can start to feel dry. They can start to feel distant. They can start to feel dead. And so the apostle Paul instructs us when we get together, he says, you should make some music and you should sing some songs because there are moments in your life and in your faith where you need to feel something. You need to feel the love of this invisible God. God. You need, to, like you need to have your heart and your emotions stirred because that's one of the things that music does. It's one of the reasons why he says, hey, when you get together, you should, you should sing together because it'll stir your emotions and it'll help you feel in some some way, some somehow, some way, God will meet you right where you're at and move you closer to him. Next one that he says, not only does it stir our affections, but it shifts our perspective. As I said, there's something about, You know, singing that's able to shift your perspective. Sometimes we walk in, y'all. I I had seen it illustrated this way by a guy named Francis Chan, and um, and he said, you know, sometimes you walk in and your problems or your pain or your struggle or your your, the season of life that you're in right now, it's all you can see. It's consuming. It's this close, and everyone else can see that it's not everything, and that the season will pass, and it's not all consuming, and it's not going to crush you. But all you can see, because it's this close, all you can see is that. And there is something about a song that doesn't make your problem go away, but it helps you see it rightly. And it helps you see it with proper perspective. And you're able to see that, yes, this is a thing that's going on in my life, but what's crushing me is not crushing God. What's overwhelming to me is not overwhelming to God. This season that feels like it's lasting forever when it's this close is not, this is a season and this too shall pass. And so you're able to see it a little bit differently. And this is what singing can do, right? Singing can stir your emotions and help you feel close and connected to God. It can shift your perspective. And then, oh, and then finally it can do this. It can make truth stick. And when I said truth, I, I, I was thinking about it in a Christian context, but if you think about it, it it's really just makes things stick. Because it doesn't always have to be true. Just whatever lyrics you sing consistently, they stick. They stick. So it didn't have to be true. If it is true, that's good because it'll stick. But whatever lyrics you're singing consistently, right? It makes, there's something about a song that just sticks. It just does, right? Right? I got got little kids right now, two, six, eight. If we want them to remember anything, we got to put it to a song, right? Like anything, right? ABCs, multiplication tables, parts of the government, uh, states and capitals, all of it. We're walking around the house, rapping the 50 states, you know what I'm saying? Like, because we want our kids to remember. And so there's just something like, there's something about a song that helps it stick in a way that me telling my daughter, remember, like doesn't work, right? There's something about, it's the reason why you can't remember anything from high school, but you can still sing the lyrics to the songs that they played at your prom. I can't remember anything from physics, but ludicrous rollout, come on. And I'm like, what? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I got my twin cock pony, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm, I'm going, right? I can remember all of it. You know what I mean? There's just something about it, right? Like, like something about a song that, that sticks, right? It's the reason why a lot of you, the, and especially those of you that have been married for a long time, you don't remember the details of your wedding day. It was a blur, but you remember the lyrics to the song you danced to. You remember that. It sticks with you. It's the reason why some of you you haven't been to church in years—no judgment—you haven't been to church in years, and you can't remember anything that the pastor used to say, but you hear that tune to "Amazing Grace." How sweet the sound, and you can sing it because it stuck. Somehow, some way, God got that deep down into you, and it stuck. There's something about a song that just makes things stick, and when it's true, then it makes truth stick. And so that's why the apostle Paul says, sing. When you get together, don't just talk about God. Don't just read about God. Don't just pray to God. Sing to God and about God so that somehow, some way it stirs your emotions. Somehow, some way you feel close and connected to him. Somehow, some way it shifts your perspective and somehow, some way that truth gets stuck in there so that you can recall it in the moments that matter most. And so that's why why we sing. And it's not about a style. This is our style. We do it with this, but there's all different kinds of styles. And Paul doesn't emphasize the style. He doesn't say do it with a choir or do it with a cappella or do it with a band. He just says, when you get together, I just want you to sing make songs to the Lord. He goes, sing to God. He's like, because when you sing to God, right, you're able to face your problems head on. You're able to feel something. You're able to see it rightly. And hopefully it sticks with you so that when you get to Wednesday and things are hard and you forgot what Reed said about whatever it is that he was talking about, but you can still remember that song. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all. That's why we sing. And so if you've come here and you've never thought about it, that's why we do it. That's why it's in here. It's not entertainment. We're not doing this to entertain you. This is not a performance. We're not doing this. uh, This is not spiritual karaoke and we're not doing this to try to impress God. He doesn't need it, but we do. And so that's why we sing together. If you've ever wondered, it's a good question to ask. Why do we sing in all of our gatherings? That's why. We sing because... As we say around here all the time, you guys, we sing because the songs we sing affect the lives that we live. The songs that we sing affect the lives that we live. They move us, they help us feel connected. They help us see things rightly. They they actually stick with us. And in so doing, they affect the kind of lives that we live and the faith that we have. So that's why we sing. And so today, I know I went a little bit longer than I wanted to because today what we wanted to do, now that we've talked about why we sing, and hopefully some of you have gotten a different perspective on it. Hopefully some of you have understood and now you can begin to appreciate, maybe you can even begin to participate in this practice that Christians have done for thousands of years What we're gonna do to end our time together is we're gonna sing together. We're gonna sing some songs together. And some of them are old. We've sung them for hundreds of years and some of them are new songs and we're gonna sing together. And this is my hope and my prayer is that as we sing, that you feel close and connected to God, that, that some of these songs meet you right where you're at and they move you closer to God. It's my hope that as we sing, that it helps you to get perspective with whatever it that is you're walking in here with, whatever it is that you're going through that you're able to see the truth of God in your situation. And then it's my hope that as we sing that somewhere one of these lyrics sticks and stays with you so that on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, you can recall them. You might not remember anything I said, but you can recall those words and they can help you to continue to walk through your life. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of song, for the gift of music. Thank you that in your love you've invited, but also uh, instructed us to incorporate this into our times of gathering because you care about us. You care about the lives that we're living. And so you invite us and you instruct us to sing. And so I just pray over this, this time that we're gonna share together, singing songs to and about you. I pray that it would be encouraging. I pray that it would be uplifting. I pray that it would be unifying. Yeah, God, I just pray that that it would move us closer to you, that we'd feel closer and connected to you. I pray that it would give us right perspective. And I pray that some of these lyrics would stick deep down in our minds and in our hearts so we can recall them in the moments that we need them most. We love you. We trust you immensely. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.